Kristen, thanks for joining us at Noosa Church's God in Us podcast, where we believe that the God in us is our real story to be told. Our church family is full of incredible people who are living out their faith every day and living lives that are bringing glory to God. Let's hear about the God in us. Mr. Michael Sheridan, welcome to the hot seat. Good morning. Thank you. (laughs) I can see you're very excited and jumping out of your skin today. Uh, Okay. That's not usually evident, but (laughs) I'm not sure how to take that. Okay. Um, So little snapshot of what I do know about you. So father of four incredible children and um, avid surfer, I hear, although haven't seen you. Hmm. General all-rounder handyman, obviously, which was evident because you built your own house, which mm. is pretty amazing, yes. as I'm discovering. With a lot of help. Uh, yes. <laughs> with a lot of help. Uh, teacher, not just of kids, but of teenagers, which is crazy. Uh, so you wear a lot of different hats, really, don't you? Yes, yes, I do. And um, Do you enjoy that? Uh, yeah, I do. It, it brings variety and interest into life. When it first happened, because I worked in one job for 14 years, and so I only had one hat on, basically. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then moved on to a whole different way of living, and it did take me a little while to adjust to that. But I like it now. It's it's more of a faith walk, and it's more interesting. So, yeah. yeah and every day is going to bring something different. Yeah. yeah yes. That's right. So, tell me about working with teenagers, but. Uh, yeah, it it takes a while. Some uh, manage it quicker than others to learn how to respond to different situations. And in my role, I'm aware that I've got to do certain things that the admin of the school want me to do. So I was too much aware of that initially and trying to get st- students to work really hard when they don't really like doing <laughs> that for a substitute teacher. And I made totally. a rod for my own back. But after I learnt to um, just respond in a in a way more that they were expecting and uh, over the years it's become a lot more comfortable yes every okay. now and then you still get a really curly situation or or, or student that can get under your skin but most of the time I've oh, seen most imagine. scenarios now and and um, I think if most of us remember back to high school we remember giving the most grief to a substitute yeah, exactly. teacher yeah. <laughs> so it kind yeah. of goes with the territory doesn't yeah, yeah. it and so. if you're aware of that it helps that you're going to see the worst behavior generally totally yeah, yeah. so you've got to be pretty thick-skinned yes yes yes, yes you have yeah and, and sometimes you don't get the backup because you're not part of the establishment yeah. in the role I do substitute teachings you sometimes don't get the backup you think you should if you've just been sworn at or something yeah but you've just got to learn that's the role I'm in. That's the position I'm in. And, yeah. yeah. Make as yeah. much influence as you can on the day and yeah. that's all you can do, isn't it? I read a really interesting comment the other day when I was going through a bit of a hard time and um, the founder of Voice of the Martyrs wrote this comment that a good anvil, which is a tool that you beat steel yes. on, is capable of taking many blows. Yeah, and I really wow. thought, wow, yeah, wow, that's profound. That's <laughs> very profound. Yeah. Goodness mm. me. Mm. Wow. Geez, we could go in circles on that one yes. just for hours, couldn't yeah, you? That's yeah. quite incredible. Yeah. yeah. It was very and, timely for me. Wow. Mm. And even just thinking about Christ, isn't mm. it? Mm. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's, mm. wow. That's a good one. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So were you that teenager back in your oh, early absolutely. days? Or? That's, that's right. That's why I can <laughs> roll with these teenagers a bit more because come about year 10, I just became obsessed with surfing, and so uh-huh. education took a very 
Absolutely. Uh, back, backward step then. And so, you know, I always had respect for people. I didn't go out of my way to annoy people, but I wasn't the ideal student, that's for sure. No, mm. no. And I think for guys, it must be even harder that aren't bent academically, but mm. are into mm. more physical sports and all that kind of stuff to yeah. give it the attention that yeah. it needs. School must be quite a difficult thing, I'm guessing. Yeah. And moving from Sydney to Queensland in about four or five months into high school, it mm. really put a backward slant on my education because they were a bit more advanced than we were in different subjects. And I, I just found it really hard to catch up. And at times I just kind of gave up a bit. Yeah, so that, that quite influenced the outcome of my schooling years, that move. You've got to have a significant drive in mm. you to to push yourself if you've gotten behind in school, yes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. in those years often isn't there, is it? No, no. And I was going through a huge struggle from leaving all my – I had a fantastic lifestyle and group of friends in Sydney and I came yes. to this hick little town called Noosa and we went to school <laughs> in Karoi and I was like, oh, oh I hate goodness. this, I hate this. Take me back to Sydney. <laughs> the contrast, yeah. yeah. So were you surfing in Sydney? I was grew up on the beaches, okay. but because I was only 11 years, 11, 12 years old when we left, I was not surfing, but I was on what we used to call surfer planes and I was in nippers. So okay. I was in, in the ocean. Yeah. 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 So I'm guessing that was the side of life that was easy to grab onto when you moved up here was the surfing lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly since we lived three blocks of land away from Sunshine Beach. It was yeah, just a natural brilliant. thing to do. I yep. could just walk down there and... Um, uh, yeah, have, have a, a beach and an ocean to myself most of the time. So it was wow. it was the natural thing to do. So you've seen a lot of changes in Noosa then? Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Especially since we moved to Sunshine Beach and many of the streets now, like Arakoon Crescent, which was the street over from us, was just a dirt road with yes. a couple of old fishing shacks on it. Wow. And now it's multi-million dollar lane of street. Yes. Um, so yeah, the... 40 years, the changes have been massive. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Quite incredible. Mm. Yeah. You really are a local. Yeah. 1972, I think it was. 71 or 72. Might have been 72. We moved here. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a while back. Yeah. Yes. Getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, So moved up with mum and dad. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And have you got siblings? Yes. Well, I had, at that time, I had a brother and a sister. My okay. brother died when I was 20 years old. He was 25. Oh, wow. Um, so I have my remaining sister who lives in Tawanton. She's two years younger than me. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So did you grow up in a Christian family then? Uh, but probably the, the right answer for that's no. My dad was an avid Catholic. Yep. And my mum was Anglican and they made this deal that... My older brother was Anglican, I was Catholic, and my younger sister <laughs> was Anglican. And so my dad was much more um, enthusiastic about his religion, and so I got dragged off to Catholic Church okay. and confirmed. But yeah, I can't remember having many thoughts about God. It was a moral conduct. It was a certain way to live, but I didn't really think a lot about God. I just thought about the, the church, the Catholic Church, and the rules and regulations therein, and so when we then, and dad would take me to church nearly every Sunday and I found it very, very boring. And then we moved up here and my parents bought into a business, a little grocery store. And because it, it was um, six day a week business, dad stopped going to church. Yeah. It was just, he just needed a day to recover. 
And so I was, yes, great. I don't have to go to boring <laughs> church anymore. And so let's just call it my religious life took a, a complete U-turn. Then I had no involvement with church. Okay. Yeah. So mum was more nominal in her Anglican. She was just raised Anglican. Yeah, I can't remember mum in that role at all. She yeah, never okay. spoke to me about God. I can't remember my parents having that conversation. But um, later on in life, especially after my older brother died, it really sent her questioning and she ended up um, joining my dad and becoming a Catholic. Wow. And they both became very committed to the church and I saw a lot more evidence of a developing relationship with God, whereas beforehand it had just been purely religion. But they started to dig a bit deeper with, you know, stresses like losing a son yeah. can make you go deep and searching. And, wow. Yeah. So can I ask what happened to your brother? He died of cancer, yeah. Oh, at yeah. 20. 25. I was 20. He was 25. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Goodness me. Yeah. So what, did you know God at that point or? No, no, I was still probably almost at the peak of my very um, selfish, self-centered life. Surfing can take you down that path because it's not about not like a team sport. You're just doing it all for your self-pleasure. And the walk of self-pleasure can really develop a very selfish yeah, okay. life. And so I was right in the thick of that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what what did that do for you then at that stage? Obviously, like you said, your mum found her relationship with Christ. Mm. For you, it was the opposite. It or? didn't really take me one way or didn't the other at that point. It was yeah. probably a few years on when other stressful things started to happen that it all culminated in me saying, "The way I'm living is not working. I, I, there's got to be something better." So that would have added to that culmination in my life where I just thought, because I, I was a self-confessed atheist at in year 12 at school, okay. I just decided, yep. kind of rebelling against my dad a bit and just wanting to do my own thing. I just bought into the evolution lie at school and yep. thought, oh yeah, that's that'll suit my life nicely. I'll, yep. I'll be an evolutionist and I don't believe in God anymore. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so was that just a a term for you or did you actually study evolution and have an understanding of your stance as an atheist? No, I, look, it was just, as I said, it just suited my lifestyle. I studied it because it was, I did senior biology in school and right. you have to yes. study it. Okay. I didn't yep. go deep into it. Yep. I just bought into it because it was a, a nice, it meant I didn't have to answer to anybody, so I thought. Right. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you were the higher power. Yeah. So I thought. So you thought. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't turn out very well, the hope. No, no. So that came crashing down at some stage. You weren't as higher power as you thought. Yeah, yeah. Life just got messy and painful and relationships went went wrong and just brought me to a place where I had to seriously question whether I, what I was believing was actually true. And mm. and God just did a, a couple of very interesting little things to get my attention. Okay. And, and um, that made me start to consider, hang on, maybe my belief system is wrong. Yeah. So did you know it was God at the time? Uh no, no, I didn't. No, it wasn't just one I did. So I, one day I was washing my car and this was when I was starting to question and I had my radio on and there was a, a debate going on on the radio between a 
an evolutionary science and a creation scientist. And wow. me coming from where I come from, I thought, yes. oh, this, the evolutionary guy is just going to test reds <laughs> off this. But it was, wasn't the opposite. But I thought, wow, this creation scientist guy is making a lot of sense. I could not deny that. So that was one oh, little thing that okay. made me start thinking, oh, maybe there is something else that I haven't considered. Yes. Yeah. In year 12, you just think your high school teacher knows what he's talking course, about and all absolutely. the scientists. Yeah. But they weren't all the scientists. There are scientists yeah. out there who did not buy into that. And I would, at, at, a, at a very formative stage of my life, I got to hear that conversation. So that was one thing that made me start to question okay. where I was at. Yeah. And then the other? The other one is a very strange little happening. So I was living in Brisbane. This might not seem like anything to anybody else, but it was significant to me. And I was doing a lawn mowing run and it was a, quite a distressful time of my life. And I had watched this movie called The Elephant Man, which is a movie about a deformed guy who ends up being put in a cage and he's like this freak that people come and look at yes. at a circus and yeah. make fun of. And he's, yeah. you know, he just feels so horrible about himself. And this one very kindly person gives him a drink of water and there's this famous line where he says, he gave me water. This is really odd, but I was mowing a lawn and I was thinking about that movie and I was just, and I said out aloud to myself, pushing a mower, he gave me water and I stuck my tongue out, copying what he did, and a drop of water fell on my tongue. Oh my God. And I just thought, that's really freaky. <laughs> what, what just happened? Like at that exact precise moment. And it wasn't until years and years later that I read the conversation between Jesus and the Samaritan woman oh, around wow. the well where she gives him living water. And I thought, hmm, I think God was trying to get my attention. Yes, yeah, you yeah. knew in that moment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so that was, you know, you could you could throw the word away as a coincidence, but nah. it was a bit of a <laughs> just that out was... in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> well, there obviously wasn't pouring rain. The rest of no, you wasn't was, soaked. Was a, yeah, it was a dry <laughs> cloudless day. Yeah. Goodness so, me. So yeah, interesting. So God was getting your attention. He was, yes. So then w what does that look like after that? Um, yeah, so then I just started to um, question where I was at and I I can't, it's, you know, it's 45 years ago, but I know I ended up deciding that I was going to go along and have a look at a church. And so I, the very first church I ever attended in terms of outside of Catholic church mm. was Christian Outreach Centre meeting in James Street in Nooseville. Oh, wow. And I think it was the CWA Hall. Mark Ramsey was preaching, Glenn and Gail Fuller were on the door, and there was probably John and Sharon Cummings maybe and three yeah. or four other people inside. Yeah. That was wow. it. And I walked in and I was quite touched by the, um, <clears throat> by the meeting. And then I was working at Mitre 10 at the time, and to my surprise, the the manager asked me to deliver a shed. Now, I'd already done the shed before, and that's supposed to be rotated because everybody wants to get out of the shop and deliver sheds. Okay. But he asked me to do two in a row. Oh, what's that all about? So I delivered this shed to House Lodge, which is the iconic building at the end of Hastings Street. And yes. Phil Van Sluten was managing House Lodge at the time. A lot of people will know Phil. That he'd been... A, a, um, saved from a very hippie drug lifestyle, living at Alexandria Bay in a tent for I don't know how long. So here I deliver this shed and here's Phil there. And I had no idea he was a Christian. And for some reason, it turned to a God conversation. 
And I said to him, oh, I went to this amazing church on Sunday. And he asked me where it was. And he said, oh, yeah, that's a good church. And he said, yeah, they, they got the truth. We got the truth too. I said, oh, where do you go? And he said, Manor Christian Fellowship. Wow. And so the following Sunday, Dom and I went to Manor Christian Fellowship. And um, that's where God really touched us. Wow. So you were with Dom at this stage. Sorry, we missed that part of the conversation. Yeah, we were probably been going out, dating, whatever the term is now, for two months or so. So it was very very new and a a very dangerous time to be going through any life changes (laughs) because you you don't want to be just going out with somebody and suddenly they're doing radical life changes. But yeah, God touched both of Dom and I in that service. And for the rest of the day, we just felt like we were walking on the clouds. We're just like, what just happened in there? So, so both of you together. Yeah. yeah. So, that's pretty awesome. So when you have an experience like that, you obviously want more of it. So yeah. we went back there and eventually got saved at Manor Christian Fellowship. Wow. Yeah. There you go. And that was our home for uh, maybe two years. Okay. And then, then we came here to, by that stage, um, COC had gone to the Rollerdrome and then yep. to here. Yes. And they had the building, the old Methodist building. Church. Yep. And yeah, that's where wow. we started attending. And that's where Sunday churches were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. But How it's changed. Yes, massively. <laughs> massively. But it's that could have gone so badly wrong because Dom was not really um, wanting to pursue God right then and there yeah. at that stage of her life. Um, but God touched her as well. But if, Couldn't deny it. And then couldn't deny it. And we yeah. both went down that journey together, which, you know, when you're just about to get married, that was I was pretty happy he did that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. God did that with both of us. Yeah. So so um, you said not wanting to go back to the Catholic Church. Do you feel like you had some um, wrong doctrines to to undo from your childhood, or no, had no. You just... I was just too young to even take Understand. any of it on board. In fact, I think when I first was going, they were still doing the mass in Latin. So. Oh, wow. Um, I definitely would have had this concept implanted in me that the way you get right with God is by doing good deeds and living a a morally good life. So that would have been sown into me for sure. Yes. So the the concept of saved by grace was totally foreign to me. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially coming from your... um, you know, profession of being an atheist mm. before that mm. to actually get your head around this mm. muddle of, okay, hang yeah. on a minute, perhaps my teacher wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah, there was more undoing of that concept that it took me a while to be able to put out of my mind that the whole, that nature could have come about on its own. And I was fortunate I got linked up with um, what used to be called creation science and I got some fantastic literature through them that was able to convince me quite thoroughly that um, God was creator and there wasn't any need for anything else. So it took me a little while to get that thought pattern and that that doctrine out of my mind and heart. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it definitely requires the leap of faith, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. But on the other hand, believing in evolution, I come to know is a bigger leap of faith. It's, it's a faith belief as well. You know, this, 
there's no way that you can replay what happened at the beginning of creation. And so they're, they're hypothesizing what they believe. So yes. they would never admit it, but it is also a belief of faith. Yeah. 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 Interesting, though, um, there's quite a few believers that don't believe in creation, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I don't, I don't have any ill feeling towards them or any no. argument with them if that's where they sit with their faith. To me, there's a better fit with the actual, um, with the creation model. It mm. fits the facts and mm. the evidence better. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if that's. But it's not just a given for a believer to actually believe that and understand uh, it. That's right. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I I must admit I I I kind of grew up not realising that. And so one day when I came to that realisation that not everybody believes in creation, I was mm. a little bit stumped, I must yeah. admit. It was yeah. just... But, yeah, I can see then, you know, yeah. from your perspective, how it would take a bit of a journey to actually then come to that yeah. point. And also having that belief, and I was working in a school at that time and seeing the effect of that teaching, how many people as myself, that teaching leads down a path of, Unbelief. Yes. That's my main beef. I don't have a beef with Christians that want to believe in evolution. I have a beef with an education system that, um, to a degree, preaches a theory that is is just that. It's a theory, but it gets presented in a classroom as a fact. As that's fact. where that's where I get upset, and I came to loggerheads after my salvation with a few teachers about that. <laughs> Because yeah, I, I would be working in a lab and I could hear the way they were presenting evolution. And I thought, that, that's bad science. That's not actually true. Wow. Yeah. Goodness me. Mm. That's incredible. Um, even within a Christian school? Uh, no, I was working at Noosa District High School, okay. which was yeah, yep. just a public school. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. It's it's interesting, isn't it, that a teenager at that age is confronted with such a... Um, a wrong belief or a wrong teaching at such a young age mm. that is then such a foundational belief mm. pivoting them into mm. the rest of their life, isn't it? Yeah. And it seems like the, the, a natural way that man wants to go. Man's looking for a way to get out of his accountability to God. And so if you're presented with something that looks like it's got some truth to it by yeah. a person, an educated person such as a, a teacher. Mm. Yeah, there's a, a lot of teenagers that take it up and run with it, yeah. as I did. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So um, mum and dad then, you said mum became a believer. Um, so that was a bit before you did then. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, the, the big catalyst for her to make that move was my brother dying and yeah. she just wanted to be a bit closer with that and a bit more involved in his church life. And I think she found um, solace and support in that. Yeah. yeah so. so then after you became a believer, did that change your relationship with your parents at that point? Uh, yeah, I learned to respect them more, definitely. But it did cause a bit of friction because my dad's was has always been somebody, once you pick a football team or choose a religion, it doesn't matter what that team or what that religion then examples to you, you stay with that because right. he was... So he was bit, Catholic through and through and you yeah. should have been. Like the word loyalty has a great mm. positive to it, but there's a flip side to loyalty. You can be lo so loyal that you turn a blind eye yeah, wow. uh, to things. So 
dad was pretty upset with me initially that I was looking for God outside of what I'd been brought up with. Mm. Uh, but he he began, began um, he was able to accept that over the course of years, and was just in the end he was happy that I was pursuing God. But initially it was it was hard for him. Yeah, not so much mum. Mum was always a bit more. Um, liberal and able to adjust and yeah yeah, yeah. wow mm. um, interesting isn't it that that only to a point I guess as a parent can you um, you know deny the transformation in mm. someone's life yeah. not even as a parent I guess so at yeah. a point they go yeah. well okay you may be at the church down the road but I can see that God's actually yeah. transformed your life so and I to put it in context that. like my dad was brought up in the area. To, to give you an example, one many years ago, I'm not sure who was pastor at the time, we had a Irish Christian comedian come here and okay. do a night. And my dad's a very proud Irishman. So I invited him along and Uh-oh. we came along. And the guy was great. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was funny. He was poignant. And it was just a really good presentation. And when we went outside, I said to my dad, so d- did you enjoy it, Dad? I thought, how could you not? It was so good. And he said... Oh, oh, yeah, it was all right. He said, son, you've got to remember, he's a Protestant. <laughs> and I said, I don't get that, Dad. And he said, I was brought up to hate Protestants, yeah, son. He wow. said, they lived across the road from us and we threw rocks at them. Oh. And if we had a chance, we would fight them because wow. that was our Irish background. He didn't see them as fellow Christians. He Goodness saw them as me. the opposition. So, you know, I've got to respect that totally. a bit. But that's what he was brought up yeah. with. and so the fact that he married an Anglican. Yes, yeah. So did his family excommunicate him? Well, my mum's parents lived in Brisbane. They were married in Sydney and they didn't attend the wedding. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how my dad's parents would have gone with that. I never went into that conversation with them. Yeah, but there would have been friction for sure. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. isn't it? How far we've come, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard for me to relate to because I, even from day one, I always just thought we're all God's people. We're brothers and sisters. Fortunately, that that dislike for another denomination never transferred to me at all. Yeah. In fact, I probably saw it in my dad and went 100 miles in the opposite direction. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To the point these days where I'm surprised in, you know, people that we meet here, there's there's such a variety of different Mm. denominations within our church, isn't Mm. there? Which I I think adds so much flavour, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, to the people that you meet and the 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 um, perspectives that they bring and the different mm. teaching or experiences that they've had in church life. Yeah. It's so vast, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing that you can cross so many bridges. You know, it's it's important to me. I If somebody asked me what's my religion, I would never answer from a denominational angle. I mm. always say, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower mm. of Christ. Mm. I belong to the body of Christ. Yeah. Very secondary to that is that I belong to yes. this church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So effectively, I guess for you, um, you know, being that that mum didn't make her decision until later and dad was quite nominal, you're a first generation Christian. So in then um, becoming a parent and raising kids yourself, was that quite a journey then um, in doing things differently from the way that you were raised and discovering a godly way? Like how did that transfer through then to you 
Yeah, it's a complex question. It is, sorry. Um, <laughs> I like the complex ones. <laughs> I guess I just had a wrong assumption that because a Pentecostal church was so much more young and vibrant and real and all centred on God that it was just going to be very naturally easy that as our kids yeah, grew up, wow. they would just see that. Yeah. And I didn't think there was going to be much effort into it at all. I just thought, well, they'll just see that and God will grab them and they'll just run with it. But that hasn't been the case. You know, some of Kids children, are still kids, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, and... and you know, I had hang-ups from the way I'd lived my life as well, and that transpires into your parenting. You do things wrong. You yeah. cause divisions at times with certain um, approaches that you get wrong, yeah. and kids can grab a hold of those and say, oh. Yeah. But must be challenging to, to be um, learning the faith yourself on the journey whilst teaching your kids. Like, I guess, yeah. you know, obviously from my perspective is I was well grounded mm. in my faith a long time before kids came on the scene. Yeah. So it's a very different journey, um, yeah. you know, mine compared to yours in that respect. That yeah. It's, I, I never... I think yeah. it must be tough to, yeah. to not have... Um, yeah. Be able to go back the generations like that, and be able yeah. to go. Well, you're the beginning of this. Yes, but in that sense. But because Dom and I were saved right at the start of our marriage, so yeah, we had seven or eight years before the you know before Natty was even six yeah. years old. So there was a time to yes. get grounded. Yeah, I guess the one little bit of a hardship was that both both sides of the our children's grandparents yes. weren't walking in a similar fashion we mm. were so they would go and stay over at the grandparents mm. house and and they became um uh, had a good relationship with both sets of grandparents so there was influences that came mm. through there so, so the, true isn't so it the grandparents weren't um, and that would be a really hard juggle because yes. you want your kids to yeah. have a relationship with their grandparents, yeah. but also you don't yeah. want them to yeah. undo this work that you're yeah, doing. Yeah, they, they had to go through a cleansing period, but they came yeah, yeah. back <laughs> after a weekend. No, no. <laughs> yeah, completely understandable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Mm. Yeah. So you've been on quite a journey within your um, surfing in all of that as well, because uh, reading between the lines, surfing was quite a god for you. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was never a person that, you know, you watch some football fans and they like worship their sport. I, I never had, I never put anything in my life in that way, like whether it was a surfing idol or anything. They never had that kind of place in my life, but it was certainly a very um, dominant um, influence in my life. Mm. And in, in some ways that's played out to be very negative because it makes you self-centered. But in other ways, I had some fabulous years with the boys growing up because all their mates wanted to learn to surf. Yep. And so I had the, the Tarago and would pick up <laughs> six, seven, eight of them along the way Wow! and just had some really great time. So, it, so, and cool. so, you know, there's a lot of things that 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds can get into as yes. they grow up yep. and surfing wouldn't be the top but it's certainly not the bottom. You know, yeah. there's a lot of dark things. I believe being physical to a degree keeps you away from yes. too much alcohol, too much drugs, because you've got something else to live for that's a bit more healthy. Yeah, and so, you actually want to get up the next morning yeah. and catch a wave. So yeah. that was the positive side yeah. of surfing in 
my life. I never got heavily at, at all into drugs, just wasn't interested. And I used to go out and drink a bit, but I was always conscious of, oh, I want to get up at six o'clock in the morning and yeah. hit the waves. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So there's um, two very... Um, two very different sides to surfing and how it plays out in your life, yeah. positive and negative. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. in the younger days, it eventually ter- what turned out to be quite negative because it just made me such a selfish individual. Yes. So consumed with fun. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Which is, I mean, what else is there to life at that yeah. age yeah, when you right. have no other perspective mm. than mm. something like that just becomes central to, yeah. to everything, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, and and as you say, has its positive and its negative aspects to mm. that. So, mm. yeah, very much so. Mm. Yeah, so uh, life heading now into your sixties yep. is uh, taking a a a different angle these days. Slow the pace down a little bit and yeah. refocus. Not yeah. as much teaching these days. Yeah, that's right. I've backed off the teaching. Um, I've been doing that for around about ten years now, mm. and I feel like it's time to move on. And also just the body's not doing so well with the physical and also coupled with that, I would like to get a bit more involved in work that has more eternal value rather than yeah. just a, a temporal, you know, you work for money so that you can yeah. put food on the table. I want to move away from that, you know, yeah. we're getting to a place where we're able to do that. So there's a combination of factors that are moving me towards mm. retirement mm. I just feel blessed at this age. I'll be 62 in September that we're able to start considering that. A lot of people have to have to work um, later than that. Some people not so. Some people retire much earlier. But um, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm a person that likes to be active, so I know it's going to be a challenge. I will still want to remain physically active, but I really want to be more involved, as I just mentioned in. Things that have an eternal outcome, mm. Mm. yeah. Which is obviously then couples in with your position on the eldership, gives you the opportunity to to um, have that focus and um, slight input there. Plus, yeah. you know, you are an elder of Noosa COC, having been here since the 70s. So <laughs> right. it's only right, a right <laughs> fit, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure that that, that times the... The major criteria for that, but um, I, I suppose it <laughs> You've is. seen a few things. Yes, yes, yes. At, uh, that in itself, really, I mean, to say what, you've been at this church for? Um, since about 1990, so that's yeah, wow. it's over 30 years. Yeah, yeah. The, there's not many people these days could say that they haven't spat it with their church and moved to a new one. <laughs> Yeah. Within thirty years, so yeah, yeah. that that's pretty good longevity. And through well, we're the fourth senior pastor. Yeah, that's right. So you've right. been through quite a few changes. Yeah, in amongst that, there's been some some small, um, uh, what would you call it? Just getaways. You know, yes. we had that. We had the year in Victoria and Mount Beauty, and we had the year in Esperance. So yep. um, we've been but able you've always to come back. Sorry, you've always come back. Yes, yeah. So yeah. it can't be too bad. No, we love Noosa and, you know, all our children are based here now, so that's a big draw card. Yeah. Um, but but Noosa Church, you keep coming back here. Yeah, yeah. but I would, I'd hate to say that I've never lived anywhere else in the 40 or so years that I've been here. It's, really? Can Where else a, would you want to live? <laughs> um, yeah, there's a couple of places, <laughs> like, yeah, there's a couple of places that I, I would be like happy to... to 
tick but, off the bucket list. Yeah, but they would probably always be for the same, just a yes. couple of years and yeah. then come back yeah. to and base. Yeah, come back. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is always home. Yeah. 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 Love it. But yeah. um, it's a beautiful place, but it can be, you know, living anywhere for too long, you can be get a bit introverted, I think. True. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's different cultures, different lifestyles that help to um, form a bigger picture yeah. in, in your own life. And, yeah. yeah. So just touching on that then, your year in Esperance, that was to go to Teen Challenge, the drug rehab yes. centre. Yes. That was a, um interesting choice. Uh, yeah, it was, I never really thought about it as interesting. For me, it was one of the best years of my life yeah, in wow. diff- different ways. I really fell on my feet there. I was, it was so rewarding, so interesting. I, I loved the whole concept of living in a community Yes, and we were fortunate enough to still have our own little house so we could withdraw a little bit. Some yeah. of the other leaders lived in the um, dormitories with the students, but yeah. because we were husband and wife, we had our own little house. But, um, yeah, I just, I love that community, um, sh- sharing meals with everybody every day, going to chapel every morning and just really knitting your life mm. in with others mm. and, and others that you're sharing the gospel with. It yes. was it was so rewarding and so enjoyable and so challenging and, and it still has a flow on because we have friends like your mum and dad, for instance, that'll yeah. be lifelong friends. And I still am in contact with two of my students quite regularly. And that's, yeah, a, wow. that's a really wonderful thing. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a great year. It was a bit harder for Dom. Some of the female staff were quite challenging there at the time. Gosh, so yeah. um, that was challenging for her. But I could have stayed there longer. But we really needed to come back for Dom's business. Yeah. Um, so. so did you, I mean, obviously you were able to um, impart so much into their lives and be a part of their transformation. But for you, was there this discovering an aspect of God in you that you never knew was there? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, just like, you know, we were the oldest mentors there. And when we first rolled up, I thought this is going to be <laughs> awkward because most of your students are 20, 25 at there. There was one older guy I had, but they're young and yeah. it's a whole crew there's pretty young. Yeah. But because I was still madly um, interested in sports, so every weekend we were on duty, I was playing indoor soccer yeah, or, yeah. or tennis or yeah. basketball Giving with the guys and just mixing it up with them all the time. Yeah. That really helped to dissolve the age barriers. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just being able to relate to that mm. age group and um, was something that I suppose I wasn't, you know, I was worried that we weren't going to fit in, but we, yeah. we fit in really well. And yeah. Yeah, we really grew close to the other guys, uh, to fantastic. some of the students. Yeah. I, I jumped on Facebook the other day, I haven't been there for ages, and I saw one of the ex-students, I had a bit to do with him when he first arrived, and he was just got married. He stayed on at Teen Challenge for five years, and it so touched me to see, like, wow. this guy. I can't, I can't even repeat the stuff that happened in his family. <laughs> it was so bad. His dad was a bikey. Oh, wow. And um, just horrible, horrible stuff that his dad did to him, and... Um, then to see that he stayed on in Teen Challenge for five years and I just wrote back and said, you know, so proud of you. I'm so touched by what you've achieved. And he wrote back and said, oh, Michael Sheridan, my first mentor who pointed me in the right direction, you know, and that's so not true. It's the Holy Spirit, but it just makes you. 
but that's so cool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. To actually see some the like yeah. the transformation of someone's yeah. life like that, and yeah. and be a part of that. And yeah. yeah, it's pretty rewarding. Just, yeah. just simply be available, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. know, like you guys sacrifice so much to give a year of your life and be available for other people yeah. and it's yeah. it's so encouraging to see what god will do with that mm. isn't it yeah. you know not just in their life but in your life and yeah yeah, yeah. it was just a great all-round experience you know i as you know esperance is a beautiful place it can be pretty harsh in winter when it's mm-hmm. when some of our shifts would go up till 10 o'clock at night mm. so you'd be walking around at night locking everything up on a cold Freezing. winter night, there'd be drizzling rain. And you think, oh, this is Wind horrible. whipping but, through you. <laughs> yeah. But it's a beautiful place. And, it is. Um, um, we did this thing called electives where the students could elect to do a certain um, activity. And, of course, I, Goz, the manager, said, what do you want to do, Michael? And I said, well, I'll, I'll take them hiking. And, and so I got to see a lot of the countryside. Yeah, and it was great. pretty popular with the students yeah. I'd take. 10, 12 of them out yep. once a week, yep. teach them a couple of things about bush survival and we'd go for a Fantastic. hike, you know, out to wow. Cape Grand or something. Yeah. yeah, it was it was great. I really wow. enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. So you got to see a lot. Got to see a lot of this. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So it's almost like chapter one and then we'll have to get you back in here in, you know, 20 years time to hear about what uh, adventures chapter two leads for. Yeah, hey? well, it's, so it's, pre-60 yeah. and after 60. That's right. So once you've tasted that, hey, yeah. you can have an influence in people's totally. lives. That's yep. why I'm thinking, yep, bring on retirement. I'd like to somehow, I don't know what that'll mm. look like, but just yeah. put it out there and God makes things happen. Watch this space, hey? Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate your time today and yeah, sharing pleasure. with us. And mm. as I said, look forward to hearing what the next chapter brings. All right. Okay. Thanks for joining us today. We pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by the God in Us story that you've just listened to. Can I encourage you that if you get the opportunity, introduce yourself to the teller of the story and tell them that you want to hear more. God has blessed us with each other to do this journey called Life Together. 